Hello and welcome everyone to Weekend Rental. This is episode 35. We are everyone's favorite gaming and geek culture podcast. So settle into that saddle, order yourselves a deluxe bath, sit back and relax. My name is Ryan. I'm joined by Andy. Nate. And Nate. What's going on, guys? Fellas. We're on the other side of our Red Dead 2 marathon. How are we all doing? That was a solid intro. Solid intro. I worked on that a little bit, I'm not going to lie. (laughs) <laughs> Plus, I haven't stopped thinking about deluxe baths since then, so it's been kind of difficult. <laughs> I mean, I, I stand in the shower every mor- morning just hoping that I can tell someone to scrub my right arm, left arm. You make arm. a mini game out of it? Yeah. I, I yell at my wife across the halls to get in there and then just point at my arm when she gets in there. <laughs> I mean, for 75 cents, you you gotta do that. You gotta do it. Yeah, it's just a given. Right. It's financially sound. Plus, you get Uh, like an undercoating, right? With the deluxe? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. It's part of it. It wouldn't be deluxe without it. That's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move into our opening segment, Byron Burn. Uh, Basically, recurring segment of the podcast, we pick a game for a given system. Each of us do. Uh, This episode is the. NES um, and the games we've picked, we basically uh, play them all. We all decide which one we would buy, rent, or burn. And um, this week's picks: Andy has gone with Swamp Thing, Nate has gone with Squoon, which I just feel like you have to say it like that. And uh, <laughs> I've gone with Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Uh, so let's go back up to the top. We're gonna hear a little bit about all of these games. We're gonna start off with Andy's pick, Swamp Thing for the NES. This has an absurdly long description, but here we go. Part man, part monster, <laughs> defender of the earth. Dr. Alec Holland, once a brilliant biochemist, has been transformed into a gigantic creature known as Swamp Thing. His biorestorative formula saved him from the explosion and leveled his bio research lab. Only now his arch enemy, Dr. Anton Arcane, uh, wants to capture him and unlock his secrets of the Green Guardian. Uh, Join Swamp Thing on his mission to stop the powerful forces of Arcane. From conquering the world, dodge mechanical beasts and deadly traps as you make your way to the hidden layers of the unmen, not onion. Uh, <laughs> battle these genetically altered henchmen from Doctor uh, Anton Arcane in nonstop fighting frenzy. Uh, can you stop Arcane from discovering the lost biorestorative formula before it's too late? That is that game sounds way more exciting than the one I played. It really does. <laughs> Ugh. What an awful game. (laughs) Yeah, this one's bad. (laughs) On a system full of quality platformers, this thing does not step off on the right foot. No. Let's start with this question. How many got past the first level? Why would I bother? No. Okay, good. All right. We're all on the same page then. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. It's it's a side-scrolling platformer. And he is incredibly slow. He's really bad at jumping. His punch is terrible. <laughs> like you, no reach. You the no. worst reach. And even like when you uh, you crouch down and try and punch, he just stands up and punches. Then and it's mm-hmm. like, what's the point of the crouch? Then 
Yeah. Every time I tried to crouch, I got hit by anything anyway. I don't think I ever dodged anything by crouching. So Within the first three feet of the level, you're introduced to your first enemy that you cannot kill. And that is a huge problem in a platforming <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But you do get to get in the swamp like right away. That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. If you are the swamp thing. And visually, it's not unappealing. Like it very much captures... Yeah. Swamp thing and like the animated show sort of vibe. And I mean, obviously this had live action. It's just, it breaks every fundamental rule of a quality platformer from the get go. Yeah. It looks, it looks awesome. Uh, even just the, the, the opening screen, uh, looks amazing. But then yeah, as soon as you press start, you're in for it. I think I think it's a bad sign if a game opens up with um so if you just walk to the left you could get some extra life or or something like that. So when a game opens up with that, I think it's it's setting a tone for this is going to be awful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something else. I I was kind of unaware of like the whole swamp thing resurgence at that mo- point. You said there was a cartoon, right? And yeah, I think there was a cartoon. There's also like a show on USA, like a live action one that was really. Okay. I remember not being good, but I remember them both vividly. Yeah, so I like completely did not know anything about that, and I'm just like, wow, Swamp Thing in 19 early 90s, like what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought that was like an old like 70s thing. Yeah, they definitely pushed to bring it back. It did not work, obviously, but. This was a game I never heard of um, as a kid. Never grabbed it. I mean, it is now. It's pretty spicy. Or spicy. It's pretty pricey. It's pretty spicy. It's a spicy meatball. (laughs) It's a spicy swamp thing. Um, (laughs) It's pretty pricey, but it, for what reason, I have no idea. It's an awful, (laughs) awful game. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think where I got like really pissed was like if you progressed a little ways in that first level, you get to like that platform with the house where just a dagger appears out of nowhere and yep. just starts flying to kill you. I was like, this makes no sense within the context of this universe. <laughs> and that sword and is I huge. don't want to see the rest. Right. It's so it, stupid. It, it doesn't even tie in with the size of anything. No. And uh, the first house that you get to, nothing happens. Everything's fine. As soon as you get to that second house, these knives are flying that are four inches bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And you it you is. do get like that like sludge or like pee power up thing, but again, it is just as bad as punching because like the arc on it makes it worthless. Yeah. Like I don't get it. Exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't do anything with it. And it's one of those yeah, you crouch down, punch. And you don't hit anything because everything's lower than your punch. And everything's above your punch when you're standing up. It's just, you're you're defenseless. And they could have fixed it because, like, it was a game built on a life bar that lasted for all of three hits. But they could have made that life bar last for, like, 20 hits. Oh, yeah. And this still would have been a shitty but enjoyable game. But instead, they chose to make it a shitty, painful game. And that's what sucks. It's got the funniest jump I've ever seen, though. 
when he <laughs> the animation when he jumps, he looks like he's Spider Man instead of Swamp Thing. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. It's not yeah, it just does not well equipped to be a platformer at all. <clears throat> right. It just does every everything about it just feels off. On a system full of much better platformers. Yeah, it's yeah. it's brutal. All right, let's move on to Squoon. This is uh, Nate's pick. Uh, description on this one. SOS, the world is sinking. This is the beginning of the Neptunian invasion of Earth. Humans are becoming food for aliens. You must rescue the people and bring them to safety. Destroy the hot water factories, which are melting the ice caps. Uh, destroy the bio factories, which create scary prime anchos and more. Okay. Um, destroy the base where hateful Neptunians live. You must rescue the Earth. SOS, SOS, the world is sinking. A Neptunian invasion has begun. Now that's a freaking intro right there. That's awesome. So this is a, uh, I guess you would say a horizontal shooter, but not a traditional shooter. Cause you're, you're, or, a, you're in a, or a good one. Well, wait a second. <laughs> you're in a submarine. Which makes it pretty awesome. They, uh, I mean, most NES, most NES shooters, you're a plane, and that's about it. So anytime you're doing something a little bit different, and for it being a, an early NES game, I thought it's it's pretty decent. Ryan, your thoughts? I mean, it feels like an early NES game. It it, it feels very arcade heavy. Um, visually, it's very plain. Uh, sound, I would say, is better than most, given the era. Uh, I would just say that it doesn't control particularly well, and a good shooter will have um, enemy patterns that are reliable, predictable, and allow you to like learn and progress. And these are sporadic, shitty, and your firing rate sucks. So, I just kind of almost immediately found it a chore and like tedium. I didn't. I don't hate it. It's very, it's a very good arcade feeling game. I just, I know this game like has some notoriety because it's more expensive than most in the NES, but I don't know that it deserves that price. Like, I, in fact, I don't think it does. I, I got pretty bored with it pretty quick. No, I, I agree. It's, it's not worth the money at all. And it's not a great game, um, a unique game. Uh, and it's hard as balls. It is so hard. You cannot get through. I couldn't get through the first level. There was so much going on and just random things flying at you. Um, well, the rules are kind of obtuse too. I I had to like look up how you get fuel. Like I didn't understand how to do that. Yeah, that was a challenge. That sucks. That really sucks. Especially as you're progressing, you can't can't find it, can't get it. I was struggling getting it. And, yeah, and you save the the little guys in the in the. I guess the bases that you blow up and these like stick figures like shoot up from <laughs> dude and when the white stick figure like hooks onto the orca and like latches on for a ride that is like <laughs> the cutest shit i've ever seen on the nes i'm not gonna lie it kind of melted my heart a little bit <laughs> that is pretty cool like are we are you not supposed to shoot those or not i was I very confused by that part to kill the orca i think you're supposed to okay. release the men i killed everything I did okay. too. I tried it's to like, kill it's, it's all coming at me. It's dying. It's collateral damage, though. Yeah, I agree. 
yeah, it's a uh, like you said about the patterns. That's what really messed me up. Where you right. know most shooters are very consistent. You see the same movement as soon as they get on screen on most shooters. Where this changes it up, and that's tough. Well, that's Castlevania think, shit. I think like when you look at who published this too, like this is the same group that published Chubby Cherub, which I think is very similar in the fact that it isn't really designed in a way that makes it a fair game. Like it makes it more an effort in avoidance and frustration than the game should be, but I don't hate it. I think it's it, like you said, it feels like a very good arcade at the time shooter. Um, and it is unique in the fact that you're in the water. Cause like you said, there, most of those were ships or airplanes. Um, Unless you're playing gun smoke. Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. God, that was great. Now that's a sweet game. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I think like I would have enjoyed this more had I had a advantage controller and turbo. I think it's a little tough without that. Hmm. I didn't even think about using that. I should have. It's got a cool name. I mean, at least it's got that. Scoon. Scoon. Yeah, for right. an early game, I think it's decent. Sounds good. Looks looks okay. Difficult game, but for sure. Um, so let's move on to my pick, um, Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Description: um, The setting, Earth, the future. The defense computer protecting the entire planet has been invaded by a constantly mutating, evolving virus. One lone volunteer has the courage to face the virus on its own ground. Um, converted to raw data and transformed into the circuits of a computer the molecular structure of this brave warrior is transformed by the as yet untested image transfer system uh, into the circuits the computer steps an unlikely hero the quantum fighter which i feel like that ties into quantum leap um, six levels of challenging action unequaled game control and surprising arsenal of weapons um so I think this game is like uh it, it's an action platformer I guess. Um it has some of the worst cover out on the NES, which is probably why a lot of people haven't heard about it. <laughs> it isn't overly expensive and besides the fact that you look like a troll doll killing things with your hair, this more or less plays like a cybernetic version of I would say the original Batman on the NES mm-hmm. is the closest comparison. Um you know, the music's fine, the visuals are fine, the enemies, you have to take your time and not get your hits. Um, you know, for a game that doesn't get a lot of talk, I would say it's a pretty solid action platformer. Um, it's hard, uh, as a lot of things are on the NES, but I was surprised by this. When I picked this, I had just picked it up. I had not played it as of yet, um, so I kind of got introduced to it for this episode of the podcast, and, you know, it's... I would I would say maybe it's a hidden gem. I don't know, depending on what your game type is on the NES. Yeah, I, would I agree. absolutely call it that. Yeah. The uh I was amazed by the presentation and the story at the beginning. Yes. That's, I mean that's really impressive how they pulled all that off. The animation. And the fact is awesome. that Right. And the fact that that was that story is basically Assassin's Creed <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah. Which is it's kind of hilarious. Um, and yeah, just going around whipping things with your hair. That's, I mean, it's like heavy metal banging your head with that. The The only thing that I really, really disliked about this was your attack changed when you uh, uh, knelt down. 
when you crouched, you only had a small punch compared to your hair, and that made the game a whole lot harder because a lot of those enemies I would prefer to just crouch down and whip my hair at them. Sure. This reminds me of an early uh, uh, Matrix movie. You know how they oh. are uh, laying in the bed and and they have to go into the Matrix. Um, this game, I, I've loved this game for quite a few years. This has been one of my favorite games, probably top twenty um, games for my NES that I just I love playing. So I I was excited that you you called it out, which. When we put a buy rent burn on it, it really isn't fair because <laughs> it's such a sweet game and uh, kind of nostalgic for me. And um, yeah, it, it sounds awesome. The music is amazing in it, and um, it's it's colorful. The mu- yeah, it, it looks it looks great. So, were you aware of this game as a kid, then, Nate? Uh, I was a not quite a kid. A kid, I was probably like. 12 or 13 and well, I, I think it qualifies my, as kid well i mean i wasn't like six or seven or, or something like that when i really had a hold on the nes so i believe my cousin had this game if i'm not mistaken and that's kind of where i was introduced we could never get past the first level um but uh it, it's just it's a really really fun game very mm-hmm. difficult game. There's a lot of the conveyor belts and and current water, which makes things very difficult. And as you get further in, you have those tied in with um, like flame throwers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It makes it so difficult, but uh, um, I think it's a pretty rewarding game. Yeah, that's interesting because like I had never heard of this until I was an adult. And like, I, I mean, for good reason, right? Like you would never have rented this looking at the cover in a video rental store. Looks awful, but yeah, it's like a really quirky, I mean, just given the setting, like the stuff they do with enemy design and like decapitated heads and it's, it's very trippy, like really kind of ahead of its time for other Mm -hmm. NES games. Yep. Um, I, I really liked it. I was presently, uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I know. I, played this way back in the day, like the early days of emulation. And I picked it because of the name. I right. was like, wow, that's that's a weird name. I'm going to try that out. And I kind of got hooked on it. Uh, but yeah, the, just like the movement of like grabbing onto things and like doing like a roll, you know, to jump up and then jumping on the thing you're hanging down from. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, more uh, Batman Ninja Gaiden kind of stuff pretty sweet and you have to use that strategically you know uh what you're hanging on if it's like a flat uh platform you have to flip up on top of it sometimes or yeah you have to be pretty strategic on how you use that yeah well i think it's time we make our picks andy let's go back up to the top and start with you yeah i my buy is going to be kabuki quantum fighter because that blew me away that just that beginning part, like I think that does it better than Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden gets all the all the credit for their cutscenes and stuff like that and for an NES game, and I think this did way better than that. Plus I like the game more than Ninja Gaiden as well. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Um and my rent is gonna be Schoon because it's not Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
overall, it's it's not a bad shooter. Like it's not one that I'm going to get really serious about and really go, you know, try to, you know, go for points or anything like that. It's it's one that you're gonna play for five minutes, ten minutes, and you're like, okay, that's fun enough. Um, pretty basic overall, but and my my burn is gonna be Swamp Thing. I wonder if that's maybe the one of the worst games that we've played. It's up there on here. I, this might be worse than Captain Planet. Oh boy, that's, those are big words, but I know you maybe aren't wrong. It's, I guess it's somewhat playable. Captain Planet is still kind of broken. I never ran into anything that was broken in here, but it's just bad design from the get go. <laughs> Nate, how you? I think this one's very, very clear. Um, <laughs> I, I Kabuki Quantum Fighter is definite buy. It's such a good game. Um, I I would agree with Andy. It, it's better than Ninja Gaiden. I, I I love it way more than Ninja Gaiden, and I think it looks better too. So, um, so that is definitely buy. Schoon um, would be my rent. It again, it's not a great game. It, it's fun for a little while, but uh, definitely one I wouldn't buy. So that's going to definitely be a rent. And Swamp Thing belongs in the swamp where no one can play it. It's awful. <laughs> Burn those cartridges. Yeah, I agree. This one's pretty straightforward. Um, Kabuki Quantum Fighter is really inexpensive. It's a great game. Anyone who collects for NES or is like mildly interested should pick it up. Um, really happy to have played that one. Finally, Schoon is, is fine. Um, it's a very arcade heavy game of that. It feels almost more like a black box game than anything else. Um, which is fine. I mean, that just means for me, it's a pick up and play game, which fits rental and Swamp Thing is atrocious. It's other than its visuals. I mean, it's fundamentally broken in every way. Uh, I, I don't know what that currently goes for. I just know that it's way too much for what this game is. So burn it. But he'd come uh, back because he's a bioengineered psycho scientist guy. It. I mean, so we really can't kill him. He'll probably no. resurface. Maybe on the Game Boy. We'll have to see. Oh, no. Gross. Dun, dun, dun. Another Byron burn in the books, fellas. In the books. Yep. That one was easy. It was. That it was, was way so too clear. Easy. So yes. clear. <laughs> yep. I got stuck playing Kabuki. I, I mean, I don't need to play it. I know what the game is. I've played it lots of... But this morning I sat down and I was like, well, I'm going to just, as I'm drinking coffee, play it. And, you know, an hour and a half, hour 45 minute goes by. And I was like, oh... Yeah, I should probably do something else. <laughs> nice. I just couldn't believe how it is the exact story of Assassin's Creed. Like, get in it, this bed. I didn't even and... realize that until you said it, but like, yeah, it is uncanny. And like, oh, you're a Kabuki? Well, your great-great-great-grandfather was a Kabuki <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah, it's like, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Assassin's Creed writers are like... They've been playing this game. They're like, no one will ever know we took this idea. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. At all.
All right, let's dive into the meat of the podcast. This episode, I'm going to start things off with a little bit of a game. Um, I want you guys to just kind of guess what I'm going with. What, what do all these games have in common? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna list them off here. There's there's a lot of them, so just I'll let you know when I'm done. Um, Jet Moto, Wipeout, Warhawk, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Croc, Tony Hawk, Gran Turismo, Tenchu, Tomba, Klonoa, Need for Speed, Vigilante 8, Gex, Medal of Honor. What do all those games have in common? I've never played them. Well, for you, yes. (laughs) My guess would be that they are not included on the PlayStation Classic. That is correct. And they are all games that I can say that most of us who grew up owning that console would say straight away, instantly remind them of classics on the PlayStation. Which, if you're going to put classics on the PlayStation Classic... You're missing quite a few of these. In fact, you're missing all of these. Yeah, it's, it's that that list is weird. Yeah, that final list came out and it is just mind-boggling. It's like a mix between like meh, I guess, and these were the first generation games that happened to be on the system. I'm not a PlayStation guy and I knew that list was weak. Uh, and like I, all those games that you listed, I was like, why weren't those on there at all? That doesn't make any sense. And that's the sad thing is like the last time we talked about it, you know, you had mentioned like, well, I'm not a PlayStation guy, so I'll get this. I'll get my feet wet. I can't recommend to you that you do that uh, with this game list for a hundred bucks. Like, cause that is not indicative of the system um, at all to me. I mean, Cool Borders 2, I get. Twisted Metal, I get. But Twisted Metal 2 is infinitely better. I can't explain why Jet Moto wasn't on here. Because it was such a huge game. There's no Tomb Raider. I didn't mention Tomb Raider, but there isn't one. Yeah, I was surprised by that. That's a mind blower. They have Mr. Driller, which is a great game. But I associate that with Dreamcast. Uh, Rainbow Six is also on there. But I associate that with PC. I get why Tony Hawk and Gran Turismo are on there for licensing reasons. I don't get why they couldn't have included uh, Croc or Spyro. Medieval also, which I know is getting a remaster. Why wasn't Medieval on there? That was a huge Mm -hmm. series. I just... Need for Speed 3, Hot Pursuit. Like, Jesus. If you were going to do a classics list, it should have been all games that reached greatest hit status. And hardly any of these games did. Hardly any of these did, yeah. Like, especially like Persona. Like, that was... Nobody cared about that game at right. all when that came out nobody even knew about that game it's only because the the later editions are much more popular that they went did yeah. this and then it's like well okay if you're doing that then why do you have battle arena toshinden on there which is like a really bad game yeah now it's a it was impressive at launch right but and that's what they're going for like oh it's a launch game okay but it's a bad game now to to play right. and nobody's asking for that game. Well, the thing is, is they should be going for, this is the best smattering of like nostalgia and quality gameplay. Cause like this is a generation that hasn't held up well to begin with. And they like completely missed the mark. I mean, mm-hmm. I know people at work, I had people jabbering me or like messaging me the, the day after this news came out, like I'm, I canceled it. This is ridiculous. I'm like, I don't blame you because yes, this is a terrible list. 
yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty bad. I, I'm just kind of wondering, like, it just feels like if this was like, you know, those Namco museum games where they made like five of them, mm-hmm. I feel like this is that first game and they plan to make five more. Yeah. And that's kind of like the it's only hardware. thing that could make sense. Right. Yeah. And like the biggest thing is like the crown jewel, in my opinion, uh, the, the game that influenced me the most at the time that it came out and stuck with me, uh, metal gear solid. Like it is completely and utterly hampered, like missing some of the main, like pivotal moments based on the fact that they're releasing us on the system that does not have a dual shot controller, which I argue you need for grant or, um, Metal Gear Solid, so you're not going to have the vibration and you're not going to have the memory card. And that is like, those are two components to one of the most lasting moments in that game. And they're butchering it. They're butchering yep. it completely. No, no, no way around it. You cannot replicate that. And then I was thinking back, I was like, what do you do with that sniper shootout? I can't imagine playing that with a D pad. <laughs> Remember when you have to shoot that chick and like yeah. take those pills? I'm like, I don't know how I would do that. It's broke. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine playing that game. Yeah, and I wonder what does Psychomantis even do? Yeah, I don't know. Well, put down your controller. I made it do nothing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Great. <laughs> it looks like you've been playing other shitty games on this piece. <laughs> I don't know which ones, but they're all bad. <laughs> Thanks, Psychomantis. Uh, yeah Ugh. i'd I just, love to know what the science is behind these picks like what caused them to do this to be honest it doesn't make I, any sense i want to say like they were riding high on like the playstation brand they saw that nintendo had something in the space that was raking in the dough and they're like we're gonna do this we're not gonna do it proactively enough to really secure anything license wise that makes a difference and they got caught with their pants down, and they're like, well, we're just putting it out anyway. We're going to slap a $100 sticker on this thing. The hard part is all the third parties that they had, like, realized the, the value of what they have. Whereas, like, yeah, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, they're all getting remasters. They're all getting remakes. So if they came to you and say, hey, can we put Crash on here? I would be like, no, they can go buy our game, you know? <clears throat> but, I mean, that's all the more reason to, like, push for those things harder if you're Sony because it's like, well, see where this came from. You know what I mean? Like, the buzz is already there. Like, pay out for yeah. it. Like, honestly, I think this is just a factor of, like, Sony being stupidly cheap, not paying for licenses, and, like, completely fumbling this. It's just Plus, make shitty. it more expensive. Yes. <laughs> right. I am hmm. glad I didn't pre-order it. If it's on sale or if I have, like, a gift card through the holidays, I guess... I'll get this, but it's not coming out of the box. Um, that's where I'm at with it. I believe yeah. it's going to be on the discount shelf fairly quick. That's just my prediction. After the holidays, you get around springtime, you'll see them in the bargain bin at, at Target for $65 or $50. Yeah. I don't know. Half yeah. price. Well, maybe they'll be smart enough based on like pre-order numbers and like the drop-off after the announcement to not produce too many. But that's the yeah, that's the only thing that would possibly keep them out of there. Yeah. Huh. 
So let's shift gears. Let's go from Sony to Nintendo. There was another Smash uh, Direct, I guess. Final lineup kind of confirmed. Bonus character. If you're an early adopter, you get a piranha plant, uh, I think, through <laughs> January 31st, which seems like a bizarre inclusion, but we know there's going to be a single player mode. Um, I don't know. What, I can't remember what it's called. It's not adventure mode. It's called spirit mode or something. Spirit, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Which I was hoping for because I liked what they did with Brawl. Um, so this seems like a more realized version of that. And uh, just the staggering like lineup of like I think they said eight characters from the get go is all you have unlocked like your core characters from the original sixty four <laughs> Smash like just the insurmountable like list of characters that you have to play to unlock is awesome. That's insane. Yeah, I I absolutely love what they're doing with that single player stuff. The they kind of took all those like um, statues yeah that you collected in all the other games and turned it into like a Pokemon. Yep, mm. like you're collecting them, raising them, all that stuff. It's pretty cool. The weight is on Kirby's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Can he do it? Can he do it? Yeah, it was weird that he was the lone character who couldn't die. Isn't he one of the like more powerful or stronger character that a lot of people tend to go with, or is that not true? No, he's pretty bad. Is he? Yep. He's fun because you can steal everybody's ability. Right. Yeah. But but he's still cumbersome to move around with. Yeah. Hmm. I love during that direct the that develop the developer guy. He's like, maybe now I can have a break. Did you see that? Yeah. He like closed his eyes for like two seconds. What did I see? Like somebody like was on Twitter was like, I think like him murdering every character in the game was catharsis for like <laughs> the most like unfucking supportive fan base in the history of gaming. Oh man, I, like, I just love how they're accurate. rubbing it in their face too because everybody wants Waluigi, you know. And they're like, oh, it's a Mario character. It's a fucking plant. Here you go. <laughs> Waluigi is the most. He's the, he's an abomination. Wario resulted out of the fact that they switched the M around. Adding Wah in front of Luigi doesn't make him a thing. I'm sorry, Internet. Yeah, it's dumb. It, they should just ban him from all things Nintendo. But I'll I will, agree with that. Yeah, I will say, like, um, no major surprises, but I am happy with the package that they're presenting. I think this is going to be, I mean, the end-all, be-all of Smash games, really. I mean, this is, like we've said before, this is a... Um, Nintendo honoring itself and its characters and its legacy. And that's what makes a good smash game. Not so much the depth or lack of depth with the fighting. So I'm beyond excited to add this to my switch. Yeah. That story, the story mode looks really cool or spirit mode or whatever it is called. I wish I could knew, but uh, yeah, it looks really cool. I loved that. Uh, the trailer that they put together where uh, they were killing off all the characters. It just <laughs> looked so good to the point where they could make uh, a movie out of it or, or a cartoon out of it. It looked that good. Um, that's really where Nintendo should go. Don't make good. stupid movies like Mario or anything like that. Good, but. good enough to be considered a triple A game by Nate. No. Yeah. I'll, 
Yeah, I'm excited about it. All right, it. good. We tipped the scales. I'm good excited job, about Nate. it. I'm I glad am we got you in there. It. He wants a Captain N reboot. Who don't we all? <laughs> I want a Captain S <laughs> reboot. If if Captain N came out, oh my gosh. That Why would be, hasn't he been in a cis trophy or something? That is a good point. That would be the yeah. best. I love Captain N. It's so bad it's good. Oh, it's not even bad. It's it is I really watch. bad though. The voices. The voices are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know like the, the kid Icarus, he drove me nuts. Well yeah, Mega sure. Man is like he sounds like he smokes five packs a day, but <laughs> <laughs> Because he did. In, yeah. In <laughs> yeah, that, that was a cartoon I watched as a kid, and actually my son and I watched that quite a few times already. You have the um, DVDs or what? Uh, nope, YouTube. YouTube. Nice. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, that should get a comeback for sure. Yep, just have the whole Smash roster on there. Well, yeah. Let's talk about that since we're talking about a TV show. I want to talk about a show that's on Netflix that I just picked back up, and that's Castlevania on Netflix. Season two just dropped. Um, I I didn't even really know it had come out. I caught wind of it on like a tweet, and I I here's the thing. I liked the first like season. It was like four or five episodes. It wasn't. It, it felt more like a teaser than like an actual storyline. So I I was a little disappointed with it. I will say season two. I watched the first episode and then like, I mean, I think I started at like nine o'clock at night on like Wednesday of last week. And I binge watched the entire like eight episodes. Um, we got done around like two in the morning. It is so freaking good. Like I cannot recommend this enough. If you were middling on the first one, uh, the first season, I understand season two is great. It, it is a great anime. Uh, great dark humor, great visuals. They died down a little bit on like the, anti-christian overtones which i thought were kind of overbearing in the first part and it just turned into like this really dark comedy uh it was great uh have you guys watched it at all i watched the uh i've seen the first season and then i uh almost made it through the very first episode but i fell asleep uh did you get through the but- you get to the part in the first episode where uh, the one chick is talking to the other vampire and says, you've never met anything you didn't yes. eat, fuck, or make a boat out of. And I was like, that <laughs> yeah. is the best line ever. Yeah. Yeah. I want that on a t-shirt. Yep. He's like, I'm a Viking. I make boats out of a lot of things. <laughs> Except he says it with like a weird like accent. I'm a Viking. We make boats. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of want to picture the boats that this guy makes because it sounds yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. I I agree that like the first season was it was more like setting up the story because each episode was like almost a different tone altogether. Yeah. Cuz they were had like different characters, you know, the very when you, it's just Dracula and and the churches and stuff, it's very dark, very gruesome and then you have Trevor where it's like, oh, he's just a drunk, you know. <laughs> well, and they didn't really let you get to know any of the characters, which was right. kind of like the disappointment to me. It was like you should probably have built one of them up more, but I th- I feel like they did that more here in this season. Well, yeah, they, you have the three of them now that can kind of bond together too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I liked, I loved that quote and was like in tears in the first episode. And then the second episode, you get to like an exchange 
between Trevor and Alucard, where Trevor's like, why don't you eat shit and die? And Alucard's like, well, fuck you too. I was like, yep, this is the best cartoon ever. Like, I love this. This is so stupid, but so good. So I, I highly recommend it. It gets really good. I have always liked the animation in it. Um, I thought it was really well done and I like that it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's like very kind of crash, um, sort of refreshing in the way that, um, maybe like attack on Titan was in just the mm-hmm. absurdity of it. So highly recommend it. Don't watch it with your kids, but watch <laughs> it. If you like Castlevania and you enjoy, you know, anime, it's, it's a great watch. The only disappointing part, like I haven't seen it all, obviously, but it's very much just Dracula. It yeah. doesn't go into like the Frankenstein mummy, you know, like all that stuff. It doesn't have those other guys. Yeah, that's very true. It's very human. It's not a versus, monster collection. Yeah. Humans versus vampires is kind of yep. what it boils down to. Maybe season three. We'll see. They kind of left it open at the end, so. And um, some more exciting news. How much do you guys love the NFL? And how much do you love Fortnite? And how excited would you be if the NFL was working with Fortnite? Oh, gosh. I can represent (laughs) my team. I mean, I can't imagine news that I care less about. But this is insane that it's happening. You can now purchase NFL jerseys to put on as skins for your Fortnite characters. Or you will be able to. Give me... Yeah. Here's my credit card. Give me a jersey. I need it. All of them purchase. Nate's in. (laughs) Since I don't even purchase anything on Fortnite anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Just play as the stock character. That's what I get. The sad thing is, like, this will probably rake in millions and millions on this free game, which is insane. (sighs) You slap NFL on anything, they're they're gonna make their money. For sure. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, how mainstream Fortnite is to be like, well, NFL in and out too. Yeah, that's Doesn't a huge, that's a huge that. tie-in, right? Did they say what uh, Fortnite was getting out of the deal? No, the money. I mean, obviously, get, like, <laughs> well, I'm sure it's an they'll ob- get thirty percent or more of, of every skin purchased. So, wow, yeah, it's gonna be nuts. Yeah, their stock is going crazy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it yep. still blows my mind how how much how mainstream that game has gotten. Um with, you know, celebrities jumping in on Twitch and I don't know, every kid in school doing the stupid dances and <laughs> It has been probably one of the most influential things in the last two years in our culture. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't think a game has like taken over like the casual audience as much since Minecraft, which is kind of crazy, but it also kind of makes sense because it also sort of ties into Minecraft with the building and yeah, the FPS craze. But kind of, yeah. I mean that that's the only other game I can compare it to that's been on that level with casual gamers. 
And I wonder how long it's going to take for Fortnite just to kind of go back in the shadows and what's going to be the the next biggest greatest thing. Yeah. It'll be kind of interesting to know how long how long will this Fortnite last? You know, Minecraft is still very <laughs> Two popular. Weeks. <laughs> Two more weeks. <laughs> well, Minecraft is popular, but it's also like a decade old, which is insane. Right. Yeah. But you also have to pay for that, where Fortnite is insanely popular and it's free. foreseeably free forever. Yeah. So, I mean, we could be talking about Fortnite in 2028. I hope we're not. Mark it on this part podcast. It's probably like a space simulation at <laughs> that point. <laughs> Fortnite in VR. Yeah. <laughs> I know one game that was like that way back in the day. That was Tetris. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was universally appealing. That's true. Yeah. And that's my segue into. I played oh, the, Tetris the demo. demo. Nice. I was hoping yes. you were going to do it. How'd yes. you like it? It's awesome. Oh, and it was a timed exclusive, so cool. right? Like, you don't have access to it. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it was only this weekend I could play. And it was only three levels, I think. So you play the three levels, like, all in a row. And, yeah, it's kind of crazy. There's just, like, so much around you going on. And uh, the crazy thing is you can move the board around. So you can, like, put it, like, right in front of you. So you have to, like, look up to the top and then, like, look down to the bottom. So it's just it's just gigantic at that point. So that's kind of fun. Um but yeah. Just it the looks experience. So good. Yeah. It looks so good. The music looks or sounds awesome. I, I watched a video of the Tetris champ of whatever year um they got him to play this in VR and he actually was better at that than like the original Tetris, because uh, he was wow. saying that he his reaction times were so much faster, um, which was kind of interesting to watch. I should track that video down and send it to you guys. Huh. But um, that's interesting because mine were like slower because I was like dropping them to the beat. Yeah, he said it took a little while to get used to it. Obviously, uh, if you've been playing, you know, eight bit Tetris forever, mm-hmm. um, but he he caught on really really quick. And uh, it was pretty impressive where he was doing um, these giant combos. I can't even remember what they were called, but uh, it's pretty. It looks pretty awesome. Huh. They had one mode that you could play was uh, called mystery mode, and just every five lines or so, they would just like mess with you. Like they would flip the board upside down, so you had to play it upside down, or they put like oh a gigantic gosh. piece in it. Nice. Yeah, it was it was kind of fun. So will this be coming indefinitely? Yeah, it's uh, November 9th. So the November next 9th. week, I think okay. it comes out. Yeah. They usually put out demos of games that are never coming out. Well, I mean, like... It's happened are, before. Are we like, talking like <laughs> a, a, a year out or six months out? So Speaking of that, the, the PT demo is now... They like deleted it from what? people's PS4s. Oh, really? If you had it online, it wiped it out. Yep. They, put a, they uploaded a patch that broke the thing, so you couldn't. couldn't so play those it like people that have an offline system, like that's now worth thousands. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
That's that's like the biggest one when it comes to demos of games that didn't come out. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. Um, playing another puzzle game on my phone called Konami Puzzle Challenge Collection, something like that. And it was a game released by Konami in 2018, which is kind of crazy. They make games still? Uh, well, yeah, this is more like, I don't know, like a Sunday crossword. Uh, it, it's Picross. You know what uh, that is. I was going to say, you're a big Picross fan, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you're not if you're not aware of what Picross is, it's kind of like Sudoku, you know, logic puzzles, fill in blocks. But the cool thing is all Konami music tied to, you know, a character or something in the game. And when you're done, you get a picture of something Konami related. And some of them are extremely dumb, and I love it. Dumb like how? The, uh, like the raw meat from Adventures of Bayou is that, Billy. Th- like, are those the things you've been sending me? Yeah. Like Dude, those are milk. awesome. I was wondering where, yeah, the nuts and milk one I laughed so hard at. That's great. Yeah. There was a couple uh challenger ones in there. I'm like, wow. Like that game we played that one time. There's some deep cuts in oh, there. Oh shit, sure. yeah, I forgot about that. We live streamed the heck out of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was wondering where you were getting those. It is that's great. And this is free? Yep. There's some ads in it, like you're playing this puzzle game for classic Konami characters. Why wouldn't you want to check out the mobile version of Pro Evolution Soccer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it makes sense. I love Evolution and Soccer. So. Yeah. Seems like a weird, uh, weird, out- weird outlet to like advertise those games, but it's free, so. Nice. Plus, it's like one of the few games that I have my music on while playing because it's got, you know, Konami or Gradius and all that music in there yeah some classics right that makes sense yeah so speaking of classics i got real pissed off last time at walmart about my arcade one-up order (laughs) and swore that i would never purchase it because i was so pissed off at them and then about five days later we went to walmart to go shopping and i walked through the electronics aisle and there it was sitting in the box my wife was like, isn't that the thing you wanted? I was like, yeah, it is. It is the thing I wanted. So you're going to get it? I'm like, no. And then she said, well, that was going to be your Christmas gift. I was like, I know. I'm I'm, I'm going to get it. So I bought it. And, uh, <laughs> you I didn't even all... make everybody walk out to the car. And you're like, no. you go out to the car. I'll be right back. I'm like, I'm putting figured... this thing in right now. I threw the kids out of the car. And I'm like, no, you're walking. Daddy's getting a game. And uh, I bought it. I did. Um, I gotta say I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, $2.99. All of them are. Uh, there, there's like four of them sold at Walmart. <clears throat> the build quality is good. Assembly was less than 40 minutes. Um, the artwork and controllers, all of it is very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's what I expected. I will say there's some weird things in the Rampage um, setup. So obviously the Rampage one is a little bit unique that it's got uh, three controllers set up versus a two or one, depending on like if you got the Asteroids cab. Um, so with that, you can play Rampage three players, which has been really fun with my two kids. The three of us get around it. 
Um, Gauntlet was another one I was super excited about. I was like, well, okay, you can't play all four players, but you've got three controllers, so that's cool. Only, for some reason I can't comprehend, it only allows two players on Gauntlet, um, which is absurd in the fact that it it's a two-button layout. You've got three sticks. Um, I guess really, like, the thing is, is, like, it's a small cab, and if you're going to play three players like we do with Rampage, it's tight, right? Like, it's very, very yeah. tight. So realistically, comfortably, you're playing two players on this at any given time anyway. So it's not a huge loss, but, like, it's kind of a big oversight when you could have easily had three players on there. Um, the the thing that, like, I've really gotten hooked on and, like, my favorite game on the collection is Joust. Um, I forgot how good of a game joust is and how much I liked like the simple arcade action of that. I've been playing a shit ton of joust joust is far and away the best game on this uh, cab. As far as I'm concerned, still holds up, still a great game, a lot of skill, a lot of patience. Um, Rampage is the one we play the most after that. And then we get to defender, uh, the fourth game on this cabinet. I don't like defender. I've never been a fan of defender. Um, defender on this cabinet is completely, and utterly broken. Uh, I, I don't know what they were thinking here. Um, so Defenders got kind of like a unique setup where it's got thrust, fire, switch, which moves you from facing forward to facing backwards, um, sh- bomb, and warp. Uh, so if you do the math on that, that requires five buttons, right? So you've got a layout with three joysticks, each have two buttons, which means that they're <laughs> using five oh, no. of those. Yes, it is. <laughs> the thing is, is... Atari 2600 had a playable version of Defender that functioned (laughs) fine with a joystick and a button. And they decided to map every fucking thing to a button on this thing. It is the most mind-blowingly unplayable version of Defender that I could ever have comprehended. Um, I don't care because I wasn't going to play that anyway. But if you bought this cabinet thinking like, yes, Defender, I love you were fucked. Like it is. <laughs> I don't know why they even put it on here. It is so bad. I'll uh, I'll have to take you guys like a screen layout of like what they did. But it is. You can adapt to it, but it is not enjoyable. And it blows my mind that it's even on here. Uh, I doubt that there were a lot of people saying, yes, Defender. (laughs) But I feel like there are, though, like of that era. That was a huge game. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that that was a big thing. I don't like it either, but there are dedicated. I mean, Scoon is kind of a ripoff of it. (laughs) A little bit. Uh, Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, I did cave. (laughs) Um, I'm happy with the build. I think the price is right. You know, I've had a ton of fun with my kids on it. I, I love the artwork. I mean, obviously, the licensed artwork is a piece of it. Um, the simplicity is there. I'm glad I got it. Um, Definitely I, worth the price, then. I would say yes. I mean, and I probably have one of the most broken versions. Like, with if you're going to realistically complain about things like the Gauntlet two-player only and Defender being worthless, those are relatively large issues on something like this. But yeah. I still am happy with my purchase. Um, and I think when you think about like the licensed artwork, what they put into it to make it look like the original cab, I'm still going to have tons of fun with it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I can't, I mean, I could, I have left without it. Sure. Um, but I don't regret purchasing it. I actually, um, I'm probably more happy with it than I thought I would be. I thought the, uh, I guess I thought the build quality would be worse with the joysticks and the buttons, but they're actually, sure really good so 
They're clicky and yeah, very nice. authentic. Um, concave so, or convex buttons? Cave, cave. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I waffled. To be expected, a, a temptation <laughs> with with it right in front of me. Um, but I'm I'm happy I got it. I wish I hadn't bought it at Walmart. Still, but I'm happy I have it in my collection. I'm I'm. It was the right choice for me and my kids, and like we've been having a good time with it. So. Yeah. That was one of my favorite text messages from you. Yes. <laughs> like, the, the picture this, like four this, days later. The the carts with this this arcade in, like just you went on a no pun intended rampage. <laughs> I did, yeah. This this whole thing, like, I'm done with it. I don't even want it. Walmart's awful. And on top of that, you go to Walmart and you're like, I gotta have I, it. I'm right buying there. it. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you sent that before I got the last podcast up so i could make sure to put on the description that you would yes. never ever buy from walmart i did see that i dummied that down a little bit for the twitter uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes so i would say to anyone out there who's like hesitant i would say if as long as defender is not your game the reason for purchasing this or any other cab um I would say they're 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 worth the money. Um, I haven't played them all. I played the demo one and this one, um, but I like them. I think you're buying as much, you know, the artwork and the nostalgia factor as you are the game. But um, happy mm-hmm. with it. So cool, good. And now I get something that screams "Wizard needs food" at me. So oh great. gosh, get that wizard some food. The wizard and the warrior. Yes. Um, so speaking of wizards and warriors, um, BlizzCon <laughs> kind of ties into that. The last BlizzCon ever, ever. <laughs> so they kind of set the stage with, we're not going to talk about Diablo four. A lot of people thought we're going to talk about Diablo two remastered, which I was all hyped for, especially if it was going to get a console port. Uh, there is a new Diablo game, not the one that was ported to the switch, which I've also heard is good, but, uh, Diablo immortal was announced strictly for mobile, which people are kind of pissed about. But to be honest, like, I think if you're going to boil down Diablo to its roots, that's kind of the right platform for it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you can do the same basic game in it, right? Yeah. Like the loop is right in a mobile phone. But yeah, people are pissed about it. I think th- I think they were very much expecting a sequel to Diablo three at this point, which I think we all want. Um, but Diablo doesn't really, or not Diablo, but Blizzard doesn't really work in a way that makes sense to core audiences. Like they don't really deliver when you want them to. I mean, it it comes, mm-hmm. but it takes a while. Yeah, i I guess I'm just surprised that they chose that point in time to announce that like they had to have known that you're in a room of people that have the you know two thousand dollar pcs in their house to play blizzard games and they've played them for decades and then say uh here's a phone game you know like it's just the wrong crowd it's not a bad game it's just the wrong crowd well i think the thing is is there's still like this massive dedicated audience for diablo 3 on pc uh, Overwatch, well, not what it was, is still huge, especially on PC. Plus, World of Warcraft just got an expansion. 
Um, the numbers aren't where they've been uh, historically, but it's still bringing in tons of cash. So I don't like a Blizzard is like in a big rush, um, which is unfortunate for people who are wanting that because I was really expecting. I was really expecting them to announce a sequel to Diablo 3 and that the emphasis would have been on console versus PC development this time around because yeah. I think like I feel like Diablo 3 didn't find its legs until it hit console which was like 2 years after really it was like out on the PC but I don't know We're also getting World of Warcraft Classic finally so if you wanted to play the original so World of Warcraft, very excited about that. I yeah, think. I dro- I jumped online with Justin on like Sunday, and he's like, "What are you doing? Are you gonna have a gaming PC next summer?" I'm like, "Uh, maybe." He's like, "Why?" I'm like Diablo. He's like, "Wow, classic." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like, I wasn't like. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I like the idea of WoW Classic, but I also don't get excited about the idea of WoW Classic. Yeah. I mean, I've done that, right? Yeah, I I see what you mean. Like, there's plenty of games like that, especially ones that have grown into something much bigger, too, you know? Yeah, and like, I'm I'm nostalgic for what WoW Classic brings, because, like, I got in at Burning Crusades, so, like, that was essentially, like, the entry point for a lot of people was that era, Mm -hmm. but... I don't know. I don't know if I really need to go back to that. I think it's one of those things that's like better in my head than it will be actually playing it again. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I do want to pick up Warcraft 3 because they said they're remastering that. Yes. Yeah, that is awesome. Is it going to be on console too, do you know? or I don't know. Because the first one didn't. Or, the, you know, the original 3 didn't. Right. I don't think. I just remember, like, the big um, standout with 3 was, like, cross-play between, like, Mac and Windows, which was, like, oh, sure. unprecedented back then. Yeah. Plus, I want to put my money back into that Warcraft, so they realize that that's the best Warcraft, and they start making that again. <laughs> Maybe I should put in my uh, World of Warcraft 2 on Saturn and download the DLC, and then... <laughs> oh, wait! <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm not like a big follower of BlizzCon, but this seemed like one of the most disappointing ones they've had in forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... At some point, like, what are you supposed to do, you know? Right. Maybe don't hold the whole convention when you're a single game dev. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there is E3, right? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much everything they just announced would have been better than everything we saw from Sony and Microsoft at E3. So <laughs> they stole the show anyway. Just saying. Yeah. Nate, you've been playing anything else? Um, nothing new lately. Well, I am going to jump into some of these PlayStation Network games that I'm kind of behind on. Um. Like, stuff from October, I didn't really play anything from October. So I might jump into a couple of those. Laser League's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Been playing some of that. 
It's fun. Yeah, there's a lot of games I just I'm not familiar with in the like what was it was like 2064? Does that sound familiar? I think that was in October. Oh yeah, I think that's the Vita one. Well, it probably downloads to PS4 too. Yeah, I think there was a PS4 one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's just quite a few games that uh, that I still got to jump into. I'm still recovering from uh, Red Dead. Uh, that whole bit and 36 hours of that. <laughs> 32. Straight. Was it 32? We cut it on 36, but somebody had to go home for supper. Yeah, that so was should me. We, should we get into that? So. Oh, let's let's go. <laughs> let's go down there. So, uh, as a podcast, well, we decided we were going to live stream Red Dead Redemption 2. Trying to beat the entire story, like, for as long as we could. I think the goal was, like, 48 hours, maybe, but we didn't make that. So, Nate and I started at about 9.30 a.m. on Friday morning day of release um and then andy joined us about 7 p.m that night and we played the game straight through until about 6 p.m on saturday and it was pretty awesome yeah yeah there was amazing there were some highs there were some lows um unfortunately the fellows came to find out as i jumped back into the game later this week that we ended that live stream about 90 minutes short of completing the main storyline. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. So it was, still kills me. Yeah. Wind out of our sails on that. Um, but I don't know, man, that, that is, uh, that is an ambitious, beautiful masterpiece of a game. Um, sleep deprivation aside. I, I, I kind of love it. I've never seen a game like that. It, it's oh. one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Um, and even just the the details of everything, the simple things like uh, right away at the beginning where uh, you are traversing down a mountain with the horse and the way the horse is walking and, and the snow is moving. And its balls um, are shrunken up because it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like the details... Uh, are insane and if and when i started playing ryan reminded me he was like just stop and and like look up and look around so yeah. you know you did the right joystick and it's like oh my gosh look at the details of everything that they do even in that uh snowstorm where um you know not just around you but if you look up you see like the clouds of snow moving through that are so far away from you um, just, yeah, it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Definitely really fun, frustrating, not overly difficult. I don't, I don't think it was terribly difficult. One thing no. I did hate was the traveling that I get why they want you to do it to kind of explore the whole map, but, um, I would have loved a quick travel. We could have gotten this thing done yeah. with a quick so travel. That that's one thing that like the longer we've been away from it, the more I have shifted my opinion on that. Um, and I, I look at horizon zero dawn as the prime example. Um, that's a game that maybe a lot of people got really into. And like, I liked, I beat, I finished, I missed 90% of that world because I simply fast traveled from point A to point B the entire time. And I think rockstar blatantly like made it slow, made it like beat you over the head. 
because they created this massive immersive world and they really wanted you to take it all in. And even like on the live stream, when I was freaking out about the camp and like having to walk, like that was done with such intent that I, I can understand why it's frustrating. And I got frustrated at it too. Um, and why people won't like it, but I totally appreciate why they did it. Um, so the, and we were slightly more irritable. Right. I was going to say, we, we hadn't <laughs> slept for... at all. Um, but I think, like, it made a more cohesive, like, lifelike world. And I think that's the thing that yeah. I take away from it is, like, the not only the visual detail, the music. Like, oh, my God. The mu- best soundtrack in a game ever. Like, I don't care. Like, it is so yeah, I agree. 100%. perfect. But, like, even every ancillary character, every random encounter, like, those were all voiced and scripted out ten times better than they needed to be. And I think if I had been allowed to fast travel through them, I would have, and I would have missed it all. And Mm -hmm. I really wouldn't have gotten appreciation for, like, what they actually created here, which is just this set piece of, like, Western nostalgia in this world that, I mean, you just haven't seen in a game. Um, like this, like in an open world game. So I, I agree. I complained about it too. And I still think it is a issue, but I think when you step back and like, look at why it was done, I, I, I can justify it more. Yeah. I sure. can, I completely agree with you there. Cause I, I think all the other games have just trained us that that's the way it is that, you know, you can fast travel and make it easy because it's a game. It's a game where rockstar is like, yeah, trying to keep the glue on, this world you know to keep you in there to be like that no this is a real place this is what would happen if you did this and that and you i mean as them trying to make a work of art like you have to commend them for doing that i guess you know it's it's it maybe takes more time out of our day but that was the the whole intention of it and it's tough to judge if that if if having fast travel in there at all times would change the game or not you know Right. But it's like a, it, it's it a tough now. call, right? Is it, is it artistic vision or is it padding to make a game longer? Like, you know, it, I guess it depends yeah. on how you look at it. Maybe a yeah, little right. both. Yeah. And I think we all agree. There is one s- specific story yes. plot point in here that is 100% padding and completely like unnecessary. That was really frustrating. If that wasn't in there, we would have finished. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it was three hours. Like some island. It was pointless. It was you know, it was pointless. It it just didn't make any sense, and it didn't even tie into the story very really. well. It it did seem like they no. were just kind of opting out for more time. There was no arc to any of the characters there either. No, it was an essential part of the story, but no. uh, I I think as soon as I think I was playing at that point, and once I got there and played a little bit, I was, you guys saw it. I was like, yeah, that part was very frustrating for me. I very much enjoyed eating breakfast while Andy played through that segment. It was <laughs> it was well timed. <laughs> Andy, uh, you did that whole thing yeah. almost. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, one of the highlights for me. I mean, the stream was awesome. It was so much fun to do with you guys, but. Uh, one of one of the highlights was uh, uh, Ryan was sleeping, and Andy and I are sitting on the couch, and I kind of like 
jolt up because I think I fell asleep. And then Andy's like, I think we were both asleep for like a minute on camera. So if anybody, <laughs> so if anybody was watching it, it must have been like the 3 a.m. mark or somewhere around there. Two men sitting on a couch just with our heads back. I, it was it was so funny. It was it was fun, uh, and it was it was cool to see. Justin jumped in that one time too. He's like, "Well, what the heck happened to Nate? Did Nate go home?" I'm like, "You can't hear him because like you're on the chair." And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Like he's here. He's just he's just taking." A I needed I needed a, a power break. The the little Debbie Swiss rolls weren't weren't giving me the enough yeah. energy. Like that basement smelled like energy drinks and. Pizza. pizza and farts <laughs> it's so, so yeah. bad and i think yeah that 5 30 mark the next day i was like i just can't do i can't do anymore i can't function <laughs> I, I feel i feel gross and weird and tired and sick so um yeah it was cool to see yeah, people dropping in though uh you know there we had some people from kind of all over the globe jump dropping in, which was kind of fun to say hello. Yeah, for sure. I think like my favorite part was like the Saturday morning, like 2am to 5am, like that streak where like I'd kind of gotten my second win. Like Andy was still into it. Like you were up for most of it, Nate. And I'm yeah. like, had a couple pops, had a couple beers. I ate some more pizza. Nate, you know, <laughs> everybody's taking like their second pizza break and like, I don't know, and then Andy getting on that whole like opera singer thing where we're like lugging around that carcass and like going into cutscenes. <laughs> yes. Like, that will never get old. Like that memory of just like, oh, and he hit my associate? Like <laughs> just a dead woman over his shoulder. Like so so good. Like all of that was great. That uh, was yeah, that was one of the highlights. I loved that where like our energy kind of came back and we were all just laughing nonstop at that thrower on the back yeah. of the horse riding around and blood-stained <laughs> horse and it was and again that just shows the details that they have of everything and the things that you can do i mean you literally can do anything you want in this game um yeah. you know if you want to run into 50 different trees and flip your horse you can do that like nate <laughs> uh, for nate that's just like every other day it was <laughs> There's a tree. Let me run my horse and do it. I'm sure. Hey I'm sure they were. Nate you the guys horse were thinking it was here. intentional, but it was that bad at driving the stupid horse. <laughs> Nate struggles with 3D gaming. I, I do. I do. But it was so good. It was so good. It was. Yeah, good. this was. It was a lot of fun. I don't I, think I got like in back in a good sleep pattern until like the next Thursday. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went to bed at like eight o'clock that night, I think, and slept till eight the next day, and I was still tired. It really messed yeah. me up. <laughs> I haven't done that since <laughs> I've been a kid. So I know. Next time we'll pick a shorter game when we do this. So. Swamp yeah. thing. Swamp. Oh God! <laughs> Be like the five minute stream. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, on to the fail bag where we answer 20-year-old questions as if they were addressed to us. Um, we're going to start this week in uh, EGM number 29. Doug is wondering why his Super Nintendo is so slow. He says, I'm curious to know why Nintendo decided to put a slow processor in the Super NES. I would have thought that a lot less effort would have been needed had they based their system around a 8386 or a 6800 series pro processor. I recently purchased this, the system and the game UN Squadron. The slowdown in the sprites was terrible. How can they fix what they have? I mean, you're talking like first wave of games though, right? Isn't a lot of times the problem just the fact mm -hmm. that they aren't used to developing for the hardware? That's definitely part of it, for sure, yeah. They'll definitely get better around that. But I think, from my understanding, is it was a pretty out-of-date processor at that point already. Which kind of blows my mind. I didn't really think about that. That Nintendo was kind of behind the curve all the time. Yeah, that's not surprising to even nowadays. Right. With With just, they push old hardware to the max, like the, the processors and stuff like that. They've always done that. Yeah. But you also have to realize too, like in this generation, there wasn't a formula for that, right? Like Atari had gone on for a decade on the same hardware until Nintendo came in with something sure. more advanced. Like there wasn't a model for what that evolution is, which I think was probably part of it. Plus, I mean, back then, like, manufacturing isn't what it was today, so, like, you had to lock in your chips pretty far in advance to have enough supply to mm -hmm. meet demand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think those couple things with the fact that, I mean, there is no internet. Like, it's amazing that this person knew what chipset, like, all this, like, that's got to be, like, point zero 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 one percent of the population. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I guess just in my mind, I, I I didn't think Nintendo usually used older hardware until like the Wii. Like the Wii was the first time I was like, oh, this is the same power as a GameCube, you know, pretty 64 much. didn't tip you off? Not really. I thought, oh, that seemed, I mean, it's probably because Mario 64 looked like something, you know, out of this world at that point. And Goldeneye was pretty cool, too. I, and, you know, anything before that, I thought, oh, it must have been pretty cutting edge because Nintendo was better than Atari, obviously. Super Nintendo was, for the most part, better than a Genesis. But when you think about it, it had an extra year or two on the Genesis right. as well. So, Yeah, I mean, it was technically a powerhouse compared to the Genesis. Right. But when you put it in terms that, oh, it was a couple of years after the Genesis, then maybe they could have had something even more powerful in it, you know? Yeah, and when you look at something like, not that any of us had a look at it back then, but when you look at, like, the TurboGrafx-16 or PC Engine, what that did with its processor setup compared to the supposedly superior Super Nintendo, I mean, really, that They're was close. a 8-bit system. I mean, it's comparable. So, obviously, the 16-bit yeah. um, Super was a little bit underwhelming yeah 
It all made up for it though with that sound chip from Sony. That's that's where the magic was. Too bad they didn't know Sony was the real treasure there. Well, they probably could have spit on it before they fucked him over too, so <laughs> Um, if you want to talk about that whole debacle, here's a question about how uh, this guy, his name, his name is, uh, Josh from Franklin, Tennessee. He's asking, what's the deal with the CDI? My friend owns one and I love it. What? I think, <laughs> I think it's just as good, if not better, than the new game systems that will be out this fall. I oh, think wow. <laughs> I think that more people would buy it if it had more games and was advertised more. And if it had a controller that wasn't horrendous. I love how he says uh, the CDI is better compared to the consoles that aren't even out <laughs> yeah, yet. Exactly. And what games is he playing that just wowed him at this point? Like, what standout <laughs> title is there on the CDI? Boy, I played that Wanda Gamelon. That was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty bad. I, I'm not well-versed in CDI, but my takeaway is that there's, like, not a good game on there. Yeah, there there's is not okay a games, hidden but... gem. Yeah. Like virtual encyclopedia is the crowning achievement of that game console. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's what he's into. I don't know if you guys seen like the video on like there's a few videos, but like AVGN did one on like the Super Mario World sequel that got cancelled. Oh yeah, that thing's <laughs> like, weird. That has potential. Like that completed to fruition could have been Something notable. Probably not as good as Super Mario World, but comparable. But I can't think of a single published game that was worth anyone's time. Unless, like, Myst was Myst on it. Like, you could see that being okay. But then why not just buy a PC? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I guess I just don't know. I don't know the library that well, other than... Most people say it's not worth anything. So well, I mean, I own a hotel of cop or a copy of Hotel Mario, so I'm definitively the expert on yeah. this topic. You are. Yep. Fact. I have a uh, copy of The Firm, a movie oh. by uh, with uh, Tom Cruise. In I it had no idea for, you were a fellow the CDI, CDI buff. Yeah. Well, how do you do, Andy? How do you do? I like that. And, Wait, they uh, had a proprietary the video format? I don't know if it's a video disc or what the hell. It's, it says CDI on it. It's really weird. It's just still screenshots of like low-res JPEGs of <laughs> Kevin Costner with his shirt off. You have to press oh, a button yeah. each time, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that and UMDs. That's the only way to watch movies. <laughs> the only way. <laughs> well, let's not forget uh, Game Boy Advance video here. Come on. Oh, sure. My problem is they edited those too much. You're not getting the authentic experience of SpongeBob. That's true. <laughs> when you take out eight of the nine frames, it's a little rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do appreciate how... They uh, just ripped into him and said, no, you're wrong. The CDI sucks. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, at least they were honest because they always like encourage people with Jaguar questions. I'm like that is so misleading. Stop taking well, money from Atari. They probably think that you know there's something else wrong with them if they're really into Jaguar that much that they're like, ah, oh, you can't be mean to them. Yeah, kid's a little bit special. Yeah, Bailey from Canada. She says, "I'm a gamer girl," and I want to say. Hey. <laughs> Introductions right away. <laughs> I'm a gamer girl, and I want to say that I completely agree with girls who complain about Barbie video games. In my games, I like heroines tough and independent. I like to see girls standing up for their rights and doing what they believe in. That's why I dropped piano lessons and joined Kung Fu. <laughs> and that's so why, tough. And that's why you're going to wait another 15 years for a game to embody your passion. Yep. Sorry, fact, fact. Um, fine, you can have Tomb Raider in 95 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, Is, it's, uh, Was that the whole thing? Was, like, Kung Fu was yeah, the end of it? Yeah, that was the whole thing. I just love that part because she's like, I do what I believe in. That's why I drop piano lessons. <laughs> yeah, that didn't tie back into video gaming at all. It's just weird. It, like, abruptly stops. Yep. Isn't that Barbie game on NES actually not bad? No, it's bad. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't want to speak Come for on. Nate cuz he's completely beaten the game cuz he's a true gamer. <laughs> I have beaten that game. Wow. Probably two or three times. Whoa. Why? Yeah. Cuz I love Barbie so much. Why? And I also have an 8-year-old daughter that likes Barbie. So You could educate her in better game. You could have been like Let's put this little one back. We'll pull out Mario 3. No, I actually... Uh, so this was... So Barbie was a game that um, my sister got. So this was the only game that she ever got on the NES. And uh, she was still fairly young and couldn't like really play through the game. And so I ended up jumping in many times and then I just beat the game. And it's, uh, it's an interesting plot twist just to let you guys know so spoiler alert okay well yeah don't don't it's uh, a, it's spoil a it here sad note in your gaming resume also it is well i don't know i i'll wear that badge the five i'd put, times, I'd put the, that right the up there with brats rock angels you know i'll wear them yeah. proudly yep andy's with me yep. he knows yep next to garfield and everything <laughs> and i'm backing over with my truck Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Before we trigger the beast here. Uh, Alan from uh, Minnesota. Ooh. Hey. Uh, we're just reaching back here because in our last episode, we talked about this section in this magazine that is like pen pals. And we found it oh, very creepy. Disturbing, yes. Yes. It's, very. you know, kids that are 10, 11 years old. Asking to write to people, and then they give them their full address. Don't do it. No. Alan here, he's got some tips for you if you're in that section. Or he's got some notes for you. He says, hi, my name is Alan. You guys put me in your pen pal connection in November (laughs) 94 issue. For that, I thank you. I thought I might tell you a few things to pass on to your readers before they consider writing in to become a pen pal. (laughs) (laughs) 
Number one, no matter how stupid your ad is, a lot of people will respond. Be responsible enough to write everyone back. That sounds with, so bad. With dick pics. I wouldn't have made that my, my number one, <laughs> but continue. Number two, by giving out your address, you are also a target for chain letters. Oh no. <laughs> Say it isn't so. Spam mail? So far, I've gotten five. If you are superstitious, you're going to be very busy. That is dumb. That is not <laughs> Do you remember thing. chain letters? Five? Or chain emails? Do you remember chain, like those chain emails? Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. And his last one. You'll get some weird people. <laughs> write no them back. shit. They Don't always turn out them. to be neat people. <laughs> or pedophiles. <laughs> Uh, they are weird people. Finally, I'd just like to say that being published in your mag was one of the best things to ever happen to me. I used to be a racist person. Then I started writing <laughs> to lots of different people. I would get to know them for their personality, not their skin or place of origin. For this, I thank you. Also, maybe don't write into a magazine saying you were a racist. Just a little word of advice. <laughs> he leave to, your address. He used to be. Because you sound like a racist, and as Nate pointed out, they now have your address. <laughs> Let's get him. Let's spam him. Let's get those chainmail letters going. <laughs> well, at least there wasn't like a line about like, and most importantly, the first time you raped, your age. it hurts. <laughs> but after a while, you just become numb to it. So I'm glad it ended where it did, but awful, terrible idea. I can't believe this was published in magazines. Awful. It, yeah. I and then to be like promoted like this. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I forgot all about those chain mail things. I don't know if I've ever received one. Did you ever receive like a physical piece of mail? Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was mostly from my aunt, though. Um, <laughs> it was from your aunt. Yeah. Dang it! Yeah. The emails ones were great because they used to like just reply all, and back then you got the like all those little uh, forward oh, arrows, yeah. and you get the ones that are like <laughs> just incredibly long, and they're just full of those uh, forward arrows. Kind of reminds me of back like in the early days of the internet when like before there was targeted marketing and stuff like, you know, 2001 ish, 2002, like you had to like not only go onto a website, but you could like throw in your email address for like news updates and like offers and stuff. And I spent like an entire afternoon in my college dorm going to every gay porn website I could find and putting my buddy's email address into there. Mm hmm. And then I waited like six months to tell him, which had a great payoff. But the downside was, is I kind of had to look at a lot of gay porn websites. So I'm not really sure <laughs> oh who, who the final joke was on. Uh, but like uh, when I finally told him, he was like, that was you. I had to change email. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that joke was worth it. Like, no. Scarred, scarred for life right now. Yeah. You can't hardly get away with that anymore. No. They can just easily click unsubscribe yeah every time i went onto google there'd be like a targeted marketed ad and my wife would be like what's going on with her computer 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's weird. A lot of gay porn. Like, <laughs> who knows? Internet. Uh, how did they know I wanted big cock right now? <laughs> weird. It must be somebody else's computer. Well, we have some game ideas. Ooh, anything as good as that's not butter? Uh, we could try. I don't think so, though. Uh, David, <clears throat> from Mountain View, California. He probably works at Google now. Uh, the title of my game is The Lion King. It's about Elvis Presley, who fakes his death and enters the Witness Protection Program. <laughs> <laughs> the object of the game is to find and expose Elvis. Of course, you think you see him everywhere, in last in fast food joints, at department stores, in mobile home parks, being abducted by aliens, etc. But you never do uncover him. Some people are still playing that game. I feel like at least it's died down in like the last 10 years or so. Nobody really still believes he's alive, right? No, there are people. There are people. There's always people, yeah. They're probably the people reading and writing into this magazine. True. Actually, I feel like I just saw something about that just a few days ago. Someone claiming, you know, they do that with Tupac all the time down in Cuba. Oh, yeah. Totally happens. And Bigfoot, but that's a discussion for later. Mm hmm. Kurt Cobain's in my coat closet. <laughs> Make sure you feed him. He doesn't eat much, you know, the heroin. Oh my gosh. I knew you look like Courtney Love. Ouch. <laughs> Might be the worst <laughs> insult anyone's given me. <laughs> <Da -dunch. laughs> uh. <laughs> hey Zeus from uh, Merrillville, Indiana. I got a great idea for an already great game. I want to make Mortal Kombat more realistic. My idea is this apparatus that fits on the back of an arcade machine. Here's how it works. With a needle you bring from home, you tap your vein and hook up your arm to the arcade machine. Oh my wow, gosh. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of heroin. Yeah, I was going to say. There might be some uh, <laughs> sterilization issues here. Yeah. Every time the AIDS your opponent... epidemic just got real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moral combat. Uh, every time your every time your opponent scores a lethal blow, <laughs> the machine squirts some of your own blood on the screen. <laughs> oh my gosh! And what if the lethal blow is like the other guy pulling the syringe out and blowing air into it, which goes directly into the opponent's oh God, veins yeah. and like causes cardiac arrest? <laughs> Right. Now here's the Finish great him. <laughs> here's the greatest part. You don't even need any health meters. The first person to pass out loses. <laughs> there is some seriously messed up people out there. I can see that coming to arcades everywhere. Nothing wrong with that idea. <laughs> you drop in a quarter, <laughs> you leave an ambulance. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars a game, that's not bad. What if it's that's like a blood horrible. donation drive, though? 
instead of the 75 cents <laughs> for Mortal Kombat, you can just... United blood is running drives. <laughs> wow. That's terrible. Okay, uh, John from San Jose. My idea for a game is called Monkey Dung Country. I wonder what that one's based off of. Monkey Dung asked his little buddy, Mini Dung, to watch his prize pile of... Well, Mm. let me just say that this game should be rated MA-17. I'm not sure what that would be. Cox? His prize pile? Yeah, I don't know. It's the only thing shaped like bananas that I can think of. <laughs> Queen K. Rap had her henchmen steal the pile. Now Monkey and Minnie have to have to go to the Queen ship to get back the smelly collection. Definitely okay, Cox. It's dung. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Cox. <laughs> the game takes place in sewers, septic tanks, and seagull avaries. Okay. One-ups would be prunes and clothespins for your nose. Your main enemies would be seagulls. The bosses include very smelly, the sewer rat, dump drum, <laughs> dump drum, <laughs> I like that name, and the waste container and all those other video game magazine writers. Huh. There's wasn't huh. a lot of effort in it. Sounds this. Like- it was like... I played Donkey Kong Country, and I like to think about gross poop. I think this guy went on to work on Conker's bed for a day, to be honest. Oh, yeah, the great mighty poo. Great mighty poo. That was... I don't think that one was a winner. That one was... No, I'm going to take that's my butter over all these so far. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to win this uh episode as well um i think that's all i have so nate do you have a better game idea no not anything that's going to top that mortal combat i i don't know what to think about that one that one was i feel kind of gross <laughs> it's just nasty bring, bring a needle i can't believe that okay Bring a needle from home. There won't be any issues with that. Great idea. (laughs) I mean, the Japanese already invented that arcade cabinet where you, like, take a pointed finger and plunge it into an anus on the arcade board to play the game. So, and really, can we top top (laughs) that plus that's not butter? I mean, it's already been done. Nate, I haven't known you long enough to know if that was a, a, a like a face of I'm very interested in this or like so that's very strange. No, I think he's like I have I've never heard of this thing that actually exists in the world. That was Do they the- take credit card? <laughs> no. Uh that was a face of what? That is a real game. <laughs> I encourage that's you to Google thing? search that. It is disturbing. I probably won't. <laughs> It's great when you find photos of like Japanese businessmen in suits like plunging this fist into a plastic butt on an arcade cabinet. And it's it's And they do it for like their That's the control. The control is you have like a hand like this, like a fist with an index finger out, then you jab it into the hole of the plastic anus on the dash of the arcade cabinet. And that's how you control it's fucked up. Only in Japan. I can't. It's a real thing, sadly. <laughs> this was well, in public. 
children could see it. Someday they'll right. make a arcade one up of that. Yes. <laughs> Sold at Walmart. I'd pay five ninety nine for that cabinet. It um, wouldn't surprise me that it'd be at Walmart. So. <laughs> uh, well, that's all I have. So I think we're ready to wrap this up. All right. Make sure you check us out on Twitter as well as YouTube, and you can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com. And as always, be kind, rewind. Cox? Bananas. It's the only thing shaped like bananas that I can think of. <laughs> bananas. <laughs> wow. <laughs>